The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Welcome to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Radio Show. Alex Clancy in studio. Kwame should be joining us shortly. I am back from a mini vacation, uh, much needed, very relaxed, refreshed. Uh, got to watch some basketball this weekend. I'm sure Kwame alluded to it a little bit yesterday. Um, some crazy things went down this weekend uh, in the NCAA tournament. And this is what the tournament's all about. You know, Connecticut, I mean, uh, Kentucky and Connecticut. Uh, Kentucky, first off, you know what? They've screwed all of my thoughts about one and dones. It makes my job very difficult when John Calipari can bring all these kids in that have never played together and do what they did this weekend. They played cohesively. They they, they played like veterans, and they beat a very, very formidable opponent in Michigan. Um, it was a close game all the way throughout. Julius Randle, another double-double. Again, first in the nation in double-doubles, so I think he'll translate best into uh, into the NBA right off the bat. Because if you have a nose for the basketball, you have a leg up. It's like having a nose for the end zone in the NFL. If you have a nose for the end zone, uh, you have a leg up on people that don't innately have that in their makeup. Kentucky as a whole, I just can't believe what I saw. I can't believe these 18-year-old kids were as clutch as they were going down to the last shot by one of the Harrison brothers to win the game. I just cannot understand why it takes all year of them being middle ground, middle rung team, and then just having them turn it on in the tournament. They beat Wichita State, which in my opinion is still the best game that has been played in the tournament, especially with all the storylines throughout the year with Wichita State and Kentucky, you know, collectively. Are they a favorite? Kwame just came into the studio. Are they a favorite to win now? Kentucky? Yeah. Just because of the blind Well, you got a bunch of ability they have. Yeah. You have a bunch of eight to you, okay? You have kids who... uh, who has no fear. They don't know what to fear. They're coming in, and a lot of those kids are coming to Kentucky, uh, as I mentioned all year, and probably will mention, as long as Kentucky is a, one of the top basketball schools. You have some kids that's going to come to that program to leave that program. These guys have no fear, feel, so they, fear, I should say. They're coming there to shoot lights out. Now that they're at this point in the Final Four, they're like, well, let's go win it. Now they're coming together as a team. You look at the teams at this point in the year, uh, Final Four time is who's coming together Better, who's peaking at the right time? We thought Michigan State would be that team when Michigan State all year had uh, unhealthy guys, so they didn't have the continuity they was able to play with. These guys got healthy, and everyone thought they was going to win because they listened to the radio, they, listened, they watched TV. They thought these guys would win because they got their star players back, but you forgot about the continuity that you have to play with on the rise up to the Final Four, on the rise to the, the last game of the uh, NCAA basketball championship. They are a favorite. But I still like Florida to win. And I say Florida because 
you don't get a lot of guys consistently leaving after the first year or second year. You get a lot of guys maybe in their third year, uh, definitely in their fourth year, but they have, they have a continuity of playing together longer. Do you th- so you think that in college basketball, especially the tournament, is about coaches, obviously. You know, it's about how, and look at how good of a job John Calipari's done. People were doubting him, and he was getting ridiculed in the media and everything as, you know, just being a, a farm system for the NBA and whatnot. So you have Billy Donovan on one side, and you have John Calipari on the other. And then two, pretty much Bo Ryan's a good coach, but they've never done anything in the tournament until now. And I was a naysayer for Wisconsin the whole year. And then you have Kevin Ali, who's still a pretty new coach. He, you know, he, he was the assistant coach under Jim Calhoun. But nobody was happier in that building than Kevin Ali. And you could see how much he cared about the guys and how close he was with them. And it's just interesting. It's going to be an interesting dynamic with the four coaches. I met Kevin this year at a golf tournament. I was down in Connecticut. A great guy. Um, and I've known of him when I watched him play at Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you meet the guy, you're like, that's a head coach. You know how you see some guys or you meet some guys and you think, they're more professional than I thought, you know, than I thought they would be. Not that I had any negative thoughts towards him. But he's a great guy. I think he deserved to be where he is. I think he got those guys to play. You mentioned as, do these guys, do coaches coming to play now? Well, I think the players right now win those games. If you look at uh, Kimball Walker, he, a coach had nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. Give him the ball and let him take control well, of those could games. Could you say the same about Shabazz, Muhammad, uh, Shabazz Napier this year? You can. Because he can. came out of the woodworks. Yeah. I mean, people knew of him. That's why Connecticut, is, I think, is where they are right now. He's a senior. He's a senior. He's a senior, but give him the ball and let him take control of it. Now, the, the coach uh, can instill that during these playoff times, during this tournament time, well, we got a hot guy. Let's go with him until he's not hot, but be ready to step up the other four guys or the, uh, the other three or four that's coming off the bench. You look at the farm team for the NBA. Well, those guys who and people, most of them naysayers, can talk about a coach like that that has not followed that coach, has not seen that coach resume. Um, you win more championships in, in, in the collegiate level being a farm team because you're getting some of the best players. You look at Kansas. Wiggins said before he even went to Kansas, he was coming out. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mentioned yesterday about Wiggins and his press conference, which was held yesterday at 2 o'clock. Why is there a press conference? Why are you holding a press conference and we know you're coming out? Joel Embiid's coming out. He haven't had a press conference. But Wiggins and, and Jabari Parker were some of the highly tonic com- uh, going into the uh, collegiate level. Going into their prospective schools, Kansas and Duke, what's the press conference for? We know you was coming out. You said you was coming out anyway. Yeah, no, I mean I agree, and and you just have, or you can play four years, and just everybody knows you're coming out. Yeah, or you, or you can <laughs> I mean, play, that, or you can do a a um a, a four year program and and still be the number one pick. And that was funny. At some point, how uh, the media kind of toyed with him a little bit. He goes, you know, if I could do it all over again, I would. And yeah. they're like, you can. You know, you're what, only a freshman. It's called your sophomore year. You know what uh, made him say that? Just the nervousness. Oh, I think oh, he totally. was. I think uh, as I watched the interview. Um, he was probably wondering. I think the school made him hold that uh, interview. Of course they yeah, did. Yeah, I think the school made him hold that interview because, you know what that does? That brings more. That's a recruiting ploy. When I watch Calipari and those guys do their interview, they're not talking about their present team. They're talking about come here, this where you will be. It's a recruiting uh, ploy, which is which is fine because that's that takes a lot of uh, – that's less money you have to go out, travel to get these guys when you can do it on a national stage, a national televised stage. But I think the – University of Kansas made him do this interview. Uh, I think um, we already know that he was one of the guys to say he was coming out right away. We know he was highly talented. We know he was that guy, he and Jabari Parker, amongst others. Uh, a lot of guys came into the fore as the season went on, and they, get, they got to hone their skill for about two months of the uh, basketball year. There was no need for the interview. 
Yeah. There's there was a there's a reason why you got coaches who are farm farm lead schools for the NBA. There's a reason why I call it minor pro, semi pro. Um, there's a reason why I continue to say these guys should be paid. A whole lot of things go into that. But you have a new crop of guys coming in. I don't know if you check these guys out, but we'll probably get into it uh, later on the show. You have a new crop of guys come on coming in. You have these guys who's freshmen and sophomores. Most it's more sophomores and freshmen coming out this year than anything. Yeah. Than anything. So what is the league going to be be like in three years when you got these new freshmen coming in? Holly Tonic can go to the NBA if that was a, a rule or or and, and and the deal of I can leave high school how it used to be to the NBA. What are you going to do in three years, and how is the NBA going to look in three years when you have these new freshman guys coming in? Yeah, this is the worst possible thing for the NBA with Kentucky going to the Final Four. It's the worst because <laughs> it looks like these guys are ready to play ball. I mean, it's not the, it's not the Kentucky team from a couple of years ago when Anthony Davis just ran over everybody. He, he broke all the records in blocks, and he was just he was a freak of nature, and, and he's an all-star, and he's one of the best players in the NBA now. So it's like, why have them stay two years now? Because John Calipari, John Calipari is screwing Adam Silver right here. And if you were a freshman, a, a guy coming out of high school, AAU ball, you know, highly recruited, why wouldn't every single, why wouldn't five guys go there? Five position guys who play different positions all go to Kentucky and just win a championship and leave because it looks like, especially with these twins, that's kind of a different thing because yeah. you don't normally have twins that are like that. They can play the backcourt and, Mar- and well, backcourt, yeah, because you had the Marquise brothers that came out of Kansas, right. but you know, and the they, Collins brothers played at Stanford. Right. They they made a Final yeah. Four run. I mean, but, the Morris brothers, not Marquise, right? Brothers. Yeah. But, I mean, it'll, just, it'll be interesting to see how this happens. And then, again, you look at Florida, you look at Connecticut, even Wisconsin. These are upperclassmen. So it, it, it's one against the other. But I will tell you one thing. I would pick Shabazz Napier over Jabari Parker and Andrew Wiggins in the draft. And I would. And look at what he did in the tournament. This is what – Kemba Walker was the best player in college basketball that year. The team wasn't very good. And then he just is like, look, guys, look what I can do. And th- that was his audition for the NBA. And I think this was Shabazz Napier's uh, audition. And he looked great. When I look at the draft, uh, the, a guy I would pick would be uh, Joel Embiid. Got seven, but he's unproven. He's seven foot tall. You can't. We, there's nothing to prove with your height. He's seven foot tall. I seen what he did. Unproven, yes, on a, on a professional level, definitely. He's well, unproven. even in college level. He's only played. I mean, I, I don't think I just, he's unproven I, I, in college. I think he's. If he comes back, he's still gonna get picked in that top three. I think he will be a top three pick, depending on these this draft this draft order. He could be Greg Oden. He could be Greg Oden. He could be. He could be, but I, I'm, he's never going to shrink. In, a, in the next 10 years, he's not, he's not going to be 6'11". He, but this guy played well at high defensively. I'm, I'm drafting him for defense. I'm bringing this guy in for defense only. Uh, you get me any points, which you, you're able to get points at, at the, on the collision level because you're playing against college-class college, college class students, college students. You're able to get those points because most of them are not at your talent level. And you, even though you played in that Jayhawk Conference, even though you played for the University of Kansas, and not Jayhawk Conference, you played in that Big 12, I think you still take that guy. It shouldn't be any hesitation if you say, and if it was my pick, I, I could take him first round. I've seen an upside. Well, he'll I, go first round, yes. I mean, first pick. I'm, I'm sorry, first pick. First round, definitely. I've seen the upside of these other guys you talk about. I've seen the upsides of Wiggins. Uh, what I didn't like is where was Wiggins in that final right, game? I agree. What I, uh, Japari Parker, where were Same you in thing. that final game? I don't like these guys disappearing in the final game. You want to have bad games, and not that, and we talked about this, it's not that you was off that night. You wasn't shooting. Why wasn't you shooting? Mm-hmm. When the first thing you say coming to these university is I'm going pro. Um, yeah, but he's but he's the star, and, and stars rise to the occasion. Look at Julius Randle. Yeah, Julius Randle, I would take jo- Julius Randle and Shabazz Napier. I would take one and two overall personally. Julius Randle has 
the intangibles that the other two don't have. He's he's a work in progress, but he's going to be serviceable while he's a work in progress. Well, that's um, that's Joel Embi. He's a work in progress because he's about to get banged up by some grown men down there in the paint. Uh, but he's a work in progress, and you put him into that. You you look at a lot of the guys that came in the league now. We talked about Tim Duncan was a work in progress. He stayed four years in school. Uh, look at he's a Hall of Famer. He Been won a championship his rookie year. Exactly. He's yeah. What he had David. He had Robinson. All those guys. He had a lot of guys uh, to a uh, supporting cast. But he didn't. He came in playing at a high level. He came in having to learn on the job. Five years ago, he was a Hall of Famer. He's still playing at a high level for his team and what their team do. We're talking to San Antonio Spurs. We're talking about the, the uh, collegiate level of these, these guys coming out. I don't think you go wrong because any draft is a crapshoot. Yeah. I don't think you go wrong with who you, whoever you take. If I have a first pick, I'm taking that seven-footer because I like defense and I got some guys that can score. We'll take a quick break. Kwame Lassie Sports Talk, Alex Clancy. We'll come back after these minutes. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Kwame Lassie Sports Talk. We are live here. It's a Tuesday. It is April 1st. I have no April food jokes for you, although I was fooled this morning on traffic, <laughs> which was crazy. I left. There shouldn't be a lot of traffic close to 9 o'clock. I get into the show exactly at 9.03 or something like that. The show has started. Alex had already started the show. But there was no accidents. There was one accident on the side of the road. Why do you have to watch accidents that don't involve you, whereas you create another accident because you're not paying attention to what's in front of you? I know there's a lot of people out there texting, too, in the morning, which is crazy. In a rush hour, you're texting. The traffic here is working. So I was, I was April Fool when I thought I left on time or was going to breeze through the traffic here in Arizona. Arizona, 
I'm sure there's worse traffic. And I know New York is worse than Arizona. That traffic is the worst. I think in California, what is the 410? 405. 405, I'm sorry. The yeah. 405 is a parking lot. Mm-hmm. That, that is, don't even get trapped on there at any time of the day. Um, there's even traffic in California on Sundays, which yeah. is crazy to me. I, I was just being out when I was in San Diego, driving through L.A., having to go to Carson. This was a Sunday. Every Sunday there was traffic. But a lot of people do a lot of commuting. But either, either way. April 1st, 888-346-9144. This is the show. Talking the, the collegiate level basketball. Talking with the um, – who's the top guy? Who's really the top guy? Let me name some freshmen that are coming out. And there's a lot of sophomores too. And there's some guys that we probably won't name because they're still playing or they could come out. You mentioned one at Connecticut. Andrew Wiggins, if he's the first pick. I mean, the first pick, in my opinion, can go to either one of these guys depending on what that team needs. Or a lot of a lot of – Organizations pick these teams according to the fear factor. Well, we can't say we pass on an Andrew Wiggins uh, when he was the number one, not even knowing what he's going to be as a pro. We know what he is as a college student. We know what he was as a high school student. A lot of these teams, organizations say, well, everyone's been talking about Andrew Wiggins, so we better get Andrew Wiggins. When you got a, a another freshman in Joel Embiid over there, you have a freshman in LaQuentin Ross at Ohio State. You have another freshman, uh, Noah uh, Vonlet, over in Indiana. There's so many freshmen out there that you can pick from. Uh, Tyler Enos coming out mistake. at Syracuse. Mistake. Yeah, I, I think that's a mistake. He hit, he hit a couple big shots. Yeah. But he hit a couple big shots. And none forgettable, more forgettable than, uh, or rememberable, I should say, than uh, the one he hit in the final seconds that won a game. I think it was, uh, was a Duke game, North Carolina game, one of those games. Hit a big shot. The guy's 6'2", 180 pounds. He's a guard at Syracuse University, a freshman. You talk about some kids that need another year. I think another year would serve him well. But when you have that option, and, and the market, and not the market, but the draft is what it is, you know who's coming out. He's taking a chance on being in that first round somewhere. Now, do you think that a Fredette type do, guy? Yeah, do you think that him coming out after his freshman year and, and a lot of these guys take away the the top tier guys, the guys in the middle, Indiana and uh, Ohio State guys? Do you think they're doing it because there are a lot of traditional good teams that are bad this year, so they could go to a good franchise in the top ten? Absolutely. Like, do you think that that has something to do with it, as opposed to waiting a year and then going doing the Philadelphias and the and the Bobcats and like teams like that, where you would normally get drafted by? That's what I was alluding to because a lot of these guys, let's say, for example, Tyler Enos, six foot two, hundred and eighty pound guard at Syracuse. He's gonna probably go to a good team because he's gonna get drafted low in the first round. Um and he's gonna be able to succeed at that next level because he's gonna have some guys that's still able to play three to four more years at the position he plays at the point guard or the shooting guard. What he will learn is kind of how Kobe did. Came in and spelled some people, didn't tell Kobe took, took over. But he's going to learn on some great veterans, some pretty good veterans, uh, I should say, depending on what team he go to, good to great veterans, because he's a late first-rounder and he's taking advantage of the uh, the news that Andrew Wiggins, uh, Jamari Parker, and all those other guys going to take up that first 15 slot. He comes into that 16, 20th slot, something like that. Then he's going to go to a pretty no, good I th- team. I think he go higher than that. Yeah, I think he'll go higher than that. Yeah, what great teams going to be the teams that's in a that's in it. Well, now. higher I mean lower. Higher I mean the top ten. I think he'll go top ten. You think? Yeah, Tyler because, because, will go top yeah, 10? because his because his draft stock. He's like a Johnny Flynn. Mm-hmm. Remember Johnny Flynn from Syracuse? One year yeah. got drafted by Minnesota mm-hmm. and then got traded to Houston or something. We've never heard from him again. 
Syracuse doesn't tr- if teach you. If he goes to a top 10, I don't see him going to a great team, a pretty good team. Well, I mean, you have – I mean, the Lakers are in there, obviously. You have Minnesota. You have – I mean, but then you have Milwaukee, Philadelphia, crap teams – that Sacramento... Who's going to teach him well, over Sa- L.A.? Let's say he go to L.A. Well, who, no, no, no. I, 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 the Lakers aren't going to draft him. Right. The, the Lakers won't draft him. But I'm saying that the reason why people are coming out is because the top 10 teams are some, a little bit better than they traditionally are because some of the crap teams are going to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. That's all I'm saying is that you have a chance of going to a better team if you're a lottery pick this year than in normal years. So I, I, do, I think the Lakers will draft Julius Randle if he's there. I think Julius Randle could go number one overall, personally. I have a man. He's my number one guy coming out of college now. Your man, crush. It, uh, well, well, the fresh out of freshman. I think Shabazz Napier, after watching him throughout this tournament and a little bit throughout the regular season, I think would be. I mean, he's the most NBA ready personally, skill set wise. The Lakers would be taking Joel Embiid from the University of Kansas. Where's the big man over there? No, take Julius Randle from Kentucky. The six nine kid that's still in the tournament. Mm-hmm. That's had double doubles throughout the tournament. You say? Are you saying he's still in the tournament? Means he's better than Joel Embiid? No, I'm saying that. Well, Joel Embiid, we don't know. Right. But I'm saying that Julius Randle has shown again that he's a double double machine, and that will translate. Seven. That'll translate to the NBA. Seven foot, two hundred forty pounds. Uh, I'm not going to be able to. I need to know what his tenacity is. I need to know what his mentality is. Now we we didn't see him for about a, what is it a month five weeks with a back spasm. I thought the back spasm was a bit too much until you look across the league or every level, college baseball, uh, NFL, golf. Tiger Woods was one of the first ones we heard about it. Everybody's getting uh, getting back spasms. You look at uh, Blake Griffin. Well, LeBron out sat out a couple games with, with, back, with spasms. back spasms. Yeah, um, it's getting back spasms. I don't. I, I couldn't. There's no way I can pinpoint that down unless I follow this every day. Um, but we didn't see Joe Embiid for the first five, uh, for the last five or six weeks, due to back spasms. It has to be something serious. Um, and Do you I think that's I, a problem? Do you think that will deter people from drafting him? No, not at all. Not as a big guy that's young no, that no. has back problems already. No, that's that's all that is is uh, treatment. What, what, one thing I wouldn't ha- hope he get, and that's I know a lot of guys get. Uh, well, I think that's through sciatica nerves, but some guys get epidurals. Uh, you know, when women are pregnant, they get the epidurals to numb their back. And then they rest it for a while, which I hope that's not the case that he would need yeah, that. He's a kid. I mean, yeah. getting back problems as a as an as an eighteen year old or nineteen right. year old is a, is, yeah. an, is an issue. And maybe, well, maybe that changes his um maybe that changes his uh, work habits. When you, I, I'm, Kansas, I'm sure, the kind of program that is like uh, like other schools, uh, top schools out there, collegiate schools, basketball schools, have a great workout program. Um, but I'm sure he's getting good workout over there as far as the training goes, as far as the nutrition goes, as far as the uh, rehab goes, a lot of those things. Uh, to be 18 years old and getting back spasms now, depending on what their training is. Uh, hopefully, you know how guys get hurt early in their career and you never hear them from them again. Grant, Grant Hill got hurt so much, and then he was able to play his last, his last years, what, seven years, unscathed, other than minor little things that, that would sit you out from a long season. Hopefully that's not a problem for for that guy. But I I, I could see him in the Los Angeles Lakers uniform. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I can see him. I understand the guys are still playing now, um, and they're still honing their skills up. The longer you play, the more you play, you're honing your skills up. You become what you want to become on that next and level. And the higher your draft stock goes up. Right, because I get to see you more. Your draft right. stock go up. Now, as I mentioned as we as we started the show, uh, this segment is a lot of these organizations, these franchises – well, they'll pick a guy just off the hype alone because, well, there was the hype about this guy coming into the season. 
I don't want to miss a chance out there and be looked at looked at down the road say, why didn't you take Wiggins if he's balling on another team? Well, if he's balling on another team, because that's the only thing they have. He goes to, what is it, Milwaukee? He goes somewhere like that? Well, Never hear from him again, potentially. Exactly. You might never, never hear from him again. Or if he's the only thing in Milwaukee and he's averaging about 23 points, then you say, well, the Lakers, we had a chance to get him. Why didn't we get him? Well, it's a different organization. It's a different franchise, different market. Of course he can hit 23 points playing in Milwaukee. If he was hitting, that's like hitting 17 points playing with the Lakers. Those points are still relevant, but they don't want to take have the image that I didn't take a guy when I had a chance. To you know, get him. and I understand that. But look at look at Oklahoma City. They've broke they broke the mold on anything. So they took three guys and it worked out. You have to get lucky. You have to get Absolutely. lucky, lucky, lucky because you don't know what these guys going to be. The Boston Celtics. We're supposed to get the number one overall pick when San Antonio did to get Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. That was a long time ago. It would have been a very different NBA if that were the case. If if uh, the Blazers would have taken Kevin Durant instead of Greg Oden, the Blazers could have won a championship at this point. I mean, so many things are predicated upon luck and how guys are gonna how guys are gonna fare in the NBA. All these people that do mock drafts, I've said this before, are just weathermen. They're stockbrokers. You have no idea what's gonna happen in the future. However, you can only take all the information needed and put the hype away and just look at the guy as a player. You know, and, and Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Parker, yes, they probably will go number one and number two. I don't think it's a good idea because they haven't proven enough. They haven't proven enough. They haven't proven enough. Who, they just haven't. They well, I don't. I don't know. When a the lot, going got tough, they disappeared. A lot of a lot of guys in NBA was there for one or two years, so I don't know. I don't know how much they will have to prove. There's some guys in the NBA, quite a few of them, who's been there for at their university for four years and they stink. Well, because they were never good to begin with. They were never well, in the top tier to begin with. Well, how did they get in the NBA? Because of timing? I understand luck. I understand being lucky and getting in where you, where you got in. We know what these guys were out of high school. We know what they were. We hear the talk about that next level. Somehow that next level seemed to skip college and go pro. So when they come to pro, we see what we see out of them. But their whole goal, intentions, is to go pro. And I don't know why some guys like Wiggins play Play well all year, get into a champ, get into the big stage, and don't show up. And did not and only maybe did he, he had up, a bad game. I mean, maybe something else. You don't was have up. a bad game not shooting. Yeah, I know. You don't I have agree. a bad game not shooting. Go with the blaze of glory. Yeah, I understand. I, I think Parker, if anybody over in Duke, Jabari Parker, he at least tried to shoot. He at least tried to get his team. You can see the emotion and the drainage that he had. Jabari uh, Andrew Wiggins didn't look drained after the Kansas loss. The Jabari Parker looked drained like. I was trying to help this team win. I was trying to get it done. And, and then we hear to talk about will he come out next year or where he go on a, a mission. Um, and I, don't, I still don't even know where he stands as far as is he coming out to the NBA or is he going on that mission. But he, as you mentioned, could be one, two, or three picks. Yeah. Oh, no, and that'd be great. Say like, yeah. say Milwaukee had the pick. He, he was open and he already said, I'm going on my mission after I get drafted. Draft him. Because you're going to stink for two more years. You get a couple more draft picks. He you comes back and plays. Jabari? And, you have, and you have a guy just in the hopper. I thought. I you, have thought a guy, you have a guy on, on layaway right now, and then you, you still suck. And then you get more draft picks. You get good draft picks. And then he comes in and plays, and you're Oklahoma City. But I thought. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying it, it could happen. I thought Jabari Parker was the most ready guy who handled the ball the most in the collegiate level than any of those guys. So I thought if he came out, if you picked him first over Wiggins, you would be picking the right pick. I thought because he handled the ball well, he has no fear. He has more mass. Wiggins might be taller, but Wiggins is leaner than that guy. He has more mass and he handles the ball well. We'll take a quick break. Quamla Sports Talk. We come right back. We get into some NBA. 
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. On the Voice America Sports Channel, the talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out, just follow me. Hey, welcome back to the Kwame Lester Sports Talk. 888-346-9144. That's the number you want to call in. It is April 1st. We got about two more segments. This and one more uh, to talk a little basketball, talk a little golf. We're getting to some golf because Tiger Woods will miss the Masters. We, we'll, we'll get into that probably last segment. Uh, but the Masters still, in my opinion, worth watching. I don't care who plays in it. I don't care if they got a bunch of college guys playing in it. It's the aura of the Masters in its, at itself. And then to find out what are they going to do with that course? What have they done that they didn't do last year to that course? Are the greens going to be fast? Are they going to be slow? Does a plus three, plus five win it? Does a minus five, minus seven win it? Uh, the Masters still worth watching. I talked yesterday about the uh, NBA. Uh, one of the things I alluded to was the Indiana Pacers being that team. Eight games, Indiana Pacers lose six of those games. And all year they talked about they want that number one seed or they want to be uh, comparable or take that title away from the Miami Heat. The Indiana Pacers a good team. And I'm not going to say pretty good because I put pretty good over good. You cannot lose six games out of eight games this late in the year, when you vibing or had the number one spot in the East. I also said that this team can't handle adverse situation. Now we find the immaturity of this team, the bickering, the, the, the selfishness on the court that I didn't see early in the year. I didn't see the consistency, but they were ranked number one. They did have one of the best records. 
Teams we don't hear about who's continue to go on about their way are teams like the San Antonio Spurs. Are they the best team, the San Antonio Spurs, or do they have the best record? In my opinion, I think they are the best team. I think that's the team that San Antonio and the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm not discounting what the Los Angeles Clippers have done and is doing. Blake Griffin is hurt at the back spasm. We'll see how he responds to that and come back from that. A defensive team like Memphis Grizzlies, who sits in the eighth spot over there on the West, but they play defense. Dallas Mavericks, you're talking about the Golden State Warriors. More so, I'd like to see those Phoenix Suns get in there somehow, some way. I think they tied for eighth in the Western Conference. Um, they lost to the Lakers last night. But on the eastern side of things in the Indiana Pacers, do the Indiana Pacers really want to be in that number one spot? That second game is going to be tough. You probably get through the Atlanta Hawks if you're the Indiana Pacers. You probably get through that game. If you, if you were number one, you have six games left in your season. The Miami Heat have eight games left in their season. The Miami Heat is up by a half a game, if I'm not mistaken. And they are they control their own destiny. And there is one more game to be played between the Miami Heat and the Indiana Pacers. But the Miami Heat controls their their destination as far as having that number one seed. They know what it means to be a number one seed. They know that home field, the home court advantage is huge. We have more games on our field, our court, than you do. And that plays a lot. I know you can play anywhere. If you're a shooter, you can shoot anywhere. But when you got that fan support and that crowd behind you, just the momentum, the excitement, the confidence level you have of playing at home. Just being at home and not having road distractions, uh, the travel that comes with it. Do the Indiana Pacers want to be in that number one seed? Because if they were, they would play the Atlanta Hawks and they would probably get past that game. But then after that game, it's a tough road for you because you either have the Chicago Bulls or the Brooklyn Nets. And that would be a tough game, in my opinion, between the two, either of those teams. Definitely the Chicago Bulls who play great defense. I'm not saying the San Antonio, um, I'm sorry, the Indiana Pacers had a bad game last night. You just ran into the best team, in my opinion, in the league who plays it. And why I call them the best team? Not because they don't have a LeBron James or or a Dwayne Wade. Not because they don't have a a um, the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, duo over there and, and, that, and that team over there. I call them a great team because they play together all year long and they play that level. They don't worry about the press. You probably – if you didn't know basketball, you probably wouldn't know half of the guys if you didn't follow basketball. You just saw that they had the number one team on TV or you just looked on the Internet and say, oh, this is the best team because they have the record. But if you watch these guys, they play like they play like a team plays. They handle adversity. They have a coach over there in Popovich who's a Hall of Fame coach. They have a coach over there who doesn't let games get out of hand, even though that veteran team that they have over there in the San Antonio Spurs controls games, whether you're playing against a running team or half-court team, they have every mixture they need to be successful. And that's why they have the number one team, or record, I should say, in the NBA today, and we never hear about them. Indiana Pacers made a lot of noise this year and wanted to be that team. There's no way you can have an adverse situation when you let six games out of eight games lose, uh, let go later on in the year when you're trying to vie for that number one spot. Do you believe, Alex, that the Indiana Pacers is going to compete with the Miami Heat in this playoff coming up? Even though they have good and, – and one of the things I would like to see 
is that last game they play against each other, how they respond to that. Because you're just not going to be able to turn it on, especially after being losing that many games uh, in an eight-game span. You're not just going to all of a sudden say, all right, let's turn it on, we're in the playoffs. It, it just don't happen that way. Yeah, I mean, let's look. Do I think Indiana is the best team in the East? No. And I no. haven't all year. No. no. Uh, you did. I did, yeah. Okay. I thought they were. I okay. Actually, they fooled me. It's April Fools. They fooled okay. me. Okay, six out of eight losses. They lost to the Knicks. Okay, lost to the Knicks by six. Mm-hmm. Okay. Grizzlies by 11. Bulls by 12. Wizards by 13. Cavs by 14. And Spurs by 26. Okay. So the problem with all of this is that when they play good teams, I mean, look at this. The Spurs, you lose by 26 to the Spurs. That's an issue. It's not just one game when it's come down to the last 10 games of the season. Okay. It's an issue because you got to get, why can't you get up for that team, the San Antonio Spurs? I know, and I, and I agree. At home, uh, no less. <laughs> but the, the issue between that, besides this, is say Indiana does, they're tied for first right now. Miami has a tiebreaker. Okay. So say Indiana gets that number one seed, the Knicks are only a game out of the eight spot. The Knicks would be a scary, scary matchup for them as the eight seed because Carmelo can supersede any defense. He takes 40 shots. He can win you a series if he gets hot. It's not a good brand of basketball, but he can get you close in a series. Isn't he the second leading scorer in the game? I'm sure. You know what? I don't even. The, the leading scores is, is such an, an overblown but I say statistic. That, but, yeah, but I say but that yes, because. I'm sure he's right up there. Yeah, I say that because you, you're right. If he's hot, he's not going to miss. He's just his eyes going to be closed. He's just going to miss. He need one more guy to even do what that guy's supposed to do as far as the talent and player. And he that gets he is. up for big games now. Right. Like he he's a really clutch player in the NBA. That that's probably the because best thing about hoping, him. He's hoping real quick. He's hoping that the New York Knicks will probably put some people around him this yeah. year. Yeah. Right. So then they have Pacers, uh, Pistons, Raptors, Hawks, Bucks the next four games before they play the Heat on the eleventh of Friday win. night. Okay, at Miami. So those four games they need to win those four games. Like, every game is clutch. Every game is difficult going down to the wire, especially the Raptors. They're playing in Toronto, and that's big for the Raptors as well. And then they go Heat, Thunder, Friday, Sunday. So when it comes down to the wire with them, they need to rise up. Paul George, a superstar, show it. This is the time where you lead your too. team. This is where you lead your team. And I'm not saying he's, he's not a superstar, in my opinion. We already talked about that. Right. But, but he, he's an upper echelon player in the league. He's a top 10 player in the league. Doesn't make you a superstar because there aren't many superstars in the league today in my opinion. With them, they need to win games they're supposed to win from here on out. And, and they, I mean, they could win. I mean, if they win six out of their last eight, they could be the number one overall seed, or six out of the last seven. The Heat and Thunder, they have to win one out of those two games to end up being the number one overall seed. They have to. And they have to be the number one overall seed if they want to make it to the finals. Yeah. That's just what it is. I think Paul George, in my opinion. I think Paul George is a superstar. He haven't played like one. Uh, superstars don't play the game they have. Superstars... Their team don't lose six out of the eight games. Uh, I wonder if LeBron's I, I, ever lost six out of eight games. I'm not sure in his career. I mean, I I don't think oh, that that maybe at Cleveland, but he was a young no, he was a young. They LeBron. lose they lose under twenty games every year that he was there at Cleveland. Well, you know, the first two I take away, but they were they they won fifty plus games. Well, I, many I years I that they were there. I don't know. I don't know if he lost ever lost six out of eight games um, and can, being considered as a superstar. He was a star coming in. He turned into a superstar, make a star. He he was that guy. When you talk about um, Paul George, I thought he was. I thought he was a superstar. I thought he played at that level. I thought this year he stepped his game up to that level. But you don't lose. You don't have that type of. Well, maybe the athletic ability. Yes, he's a superstar. Maybe the mentality. He's a star. 
There's there's different levels. He has to get his team ready to play. That team like disarray. That team is complaining about selfishness, not playing together. The, the shots they took, the shots they took in that San Antonio game. And when you mentioned that, and when I saw that game last night, that's a game you get up for. That's a game you get up for. You got Oklahoma City Thunder coming. You got you got the Miami Heat. This is where you build that momentum. When you look at the San Antonio Spurs. They have a team franchise record of 18 straight games. I hope they're not peaking too soon, or maybe they just know it's time to turn it up for the playoffs. That's the type of team they've always yeah, been. I just remember uh, two years ago, they they had won 12 in a row going into the fight, and they swept the first round, and they lost the second round. Right. So, I mean, yeah, maybe they're peaking too early. I don't think that that's possible with San Antonio with the veteranship that they have. It is hard, it is hard playing at that high level that they play at it. That many games that they were able to accomplish that. It's not like they had a bunch of chumps in front of them. They were able to go out there and play San Antonio basketball. They was they are coached well, and they were able to amass a franchise record of 18 games. The Indiana Pacers would play if the playoffs was today. They would play the Charlotte Bobcats. The second place would probably be the second place team is probably where they need to be. You don't want to be first because you don't want to go through – I think Atlanta Hawks gonna give you uh, two games a run, but you're gonna you're gonna win that game if you was in the number one seed. I also believe that after that you're gonna have problems with either Chicago Bulls, definitely Chicago defensively, and Brooklyn Nets. You're That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. So you're thinking that because of how long it took Brooklyn to come on and how Chicago just dipped a little bit but stayed, yeah. that four or five. Well, at least one of them is gonna beat the other at, at this a- point. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I think the I think. I think the first round of those teams, the four and five seed, would be Chicago. That's unfair to both of them. (laughs) That's a battle. But two things, you battle ready or you're going to get beat up and you lose the next round. And you're getting ready for the the battle. Uh, I think Chicago Bulls win that game, though. Yeah, but I still think the Knicks will will swoop into that, that eight seed. Mm-hmm. And then Phil Jackson. Oh, Phil Jackson brought him back from the dead and they made the playoffs. And Okay, well, if they, if, if they get into the eight seed, then it's going to be a problem for, for either team. For Miami or right. the uh, Indiana Pacers. I mean, I, I don't think that New York's going to beat either of them. Do you remember we talked about this two weeks ago and Brooklyn was the eight seed? Mm-hmm. Do you remember we talked, or the seven seed? And they've just slowly made it up, made it up the ranks. This is right. where the veteran leadership comes into play. Right. And Indiana does not have any veteran leadership. There is zero veteran. Nobody's made it to an NBA Finals that's relevant on that team. This is why they got those guys from the Boston Celtics. Paul the, Pierce. Yeah, Brooklyn. Kevin yeah. Garnett. Yes. Yeah. This is why they got those guys for the playoffs. Because now they wake up. You know, they've been hurt. They sit out games, blah, blah, blah. Now this is why they're there. And th- their hatred mm-hmm. for the Heat, if they play Miami, mm. watch out. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Let's take a quick break. We'll come right back. We'll finish up with this basketball, and we'll talk a little bit of golf, and we'll be out of here for today. And we, Kwame Sports Talk, Alex Clancy, we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back. Hey, welcome back <laughs> to the Quamala Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, I don't know why you didn't finish. You start something, finish it. You. I was, I was texting. I know. No, I was reading a text. It wasn't a text, it was an email. Hey, don't forget the show. Uh, it will be back on Thursday and Friday. Tomorrow we will be off. Uh, don't miss us too much, but miss us enough. <laughs> Quamalot Sports Talk, 888-346-9144, last part of the show. Uh, we're talking, we're talking uh, projected spots, really, matchups in the, uh, going into the NBA Finals uh, playoffs, if you will. Uh, we talk more of the Grizzlies. Uh, Grizzlies on the western side of it, being a defensive-minded team. San Antonio Spurs would face them if they had an eighth-place spot, unless the Phoenix Suns, our Phoenix Suns, can stop losing games to teams they should beat, like the Los Angeles Lakers, who's having a down year this year. If they can move into that eighth spot, the San Antonio Spurs and the Phoenix Suns at least get in, build that momentum. The Spurs will come out of that Western Conference in the first round, beating the Phoenix Suns, Oklahoma City, <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Dallas Mavericks. The number two and number seven seed will be a matchup to watch. Don't sleep on the Dallas Mavericks once they're in the playoffs. Although Oklahoma City Thunder has the best of the best players over there on their team, but the Dallas Mavericks is a team to watch. Another fun game we'll be watching will be the Golden State uh, Warriors against the Los Angeles Clippers. That will be that's a definitely. Hopefully, I will be off my diet. I will be able to drink. Uh, I'm taking a whole month of April. No sugar, no alcohol. Hopefully, that game, I can watch that game at a bar. Yeah? Yeah, the series. That's, that's a good that's game. That's a good game. The Clippers and the Warriors. I, always, I thought the Warriors last year, that was one of my teams to watch this year. Um, I thought they played well, but you ran into a veteran uh, San Antonio Spurs mm-hmm. team, and, and that was just a bit too much. But you made it look good coming into this year. The Suns, next three games, home with the Clippers tomorrow, in Portland on Friday, at home against Oklahoma City on Sunday. So that those three, and then look at Memphis. Memphis at the Timberwolves, at home to the Nuggets, 
at San Antonio. So these three games, say Memphis wins three and the and the Suns lose all three, it's over. Yeah, that's it. This is this three game stretch. The Suns need to win at least one game, and that's something that that is a huge task, especially going to Portland because that's one of the toughest places to play in the NBA still. So you have two tough games at home. The Clippers blew them out of the water last time, I believe. And Oklahoma City, I mean, you never know because they both play the same brand of basketball. So one team, I mean, they need to go through a stretch of playing their best basketball of the year and and because now they're held accountable for not making the playoffs. Now people expect them to make the playoffs because they put themselves in this position. So these three games are the season for the Suns. There are, there are only two teams uh, to watch. For me, there's only two teams I'm watching or – and and both on this side, I'm watching the um, New York Knicks to see if they can get their eighth spot from mm-hmm. the Atlanta Hawks, uh, and that can make the tournament on the west on the eastern side of things a lot more interesting to to watch to pay attention to. The other one is definitely the Phoenix Suns if they can get that eighth spot from the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies play defense over there and they do have a little scoring power. The Suns, when you lose games like the Lakers games, uh, like that. Inexcusable. Inexcusable. Uh, this is a down year for the Lakers. Beat them when you can. Beat them while you can. Uh, no what's at stake. This this is the playoff run. You're trying to get in the playoff. They don't get in playoff. So I, it's I like, like Steve I, Nash I, never left. But I, I like to see how I like to see how this this team bounced back from that because Jeff Hornacek is doing a great job, in my opinion. He's doing a great job. Uh, he's keeping those guys at a level where they feel like they can win. More, I've said all year. They won superstar away. Well, I'll tell you what, if Alex Landlers had to play basketball, having that guy down low, that would change everything. Because their rebounding is awful. Miles Plumley is their best rebounder, and that's all he does. They are. He's undersized. If Alex Lenz seven two or whatever he is, if he can learn how to play basketball and get a nice little post game going and be able to rebound the ball and not be a Brook Lopez, I mean they could definitely be that would that would put them into the conversation of relevancy. They are Joe MB away. Oh god. <laughs> no, they're not, because that's a young guy who's gonna come in and we not we got we don't know what any of these young guys are gonna do at the next level. Uh but the when I talk about the Suns needing a, a player, a superstar player, a veteran guy. A veteran uh, Kevin Love guy. It's, when they need it's a, not gonna happen. They need a guy. And he's like not a Kevin veteran. Love. He's been in the league three years. He's a he's a young he's a young veteran. Okay. <laughs> he's a young veteran. He's a, he's a talented uh, young kid. He's a talented young veteran that, that can't be stopped scoring. Can't nobody stop him scoring. The Lakers are going to trade their draft pick this year for Kevin Love I and bo- something else. I bought a new driver yesterday. Um, I finally feel like this is a driver. I didn't get a chance to hit it. I feel like a kid at candy store. I feel like a... Big Bertha? I feel, I feel like... No, you don't know about that. <laughs> um, I feel like uh, New Year's, Christmas Eve... It feels like Christmas Eve. Like, I want to go ahead it right now. I want to go to the golf. Uh, because now, you know, as the Masters, as the masters come up, more, more golf for me, I try to be out there more so I can just sit around and watch the Masters and don't feel like I have to play. But I, got, I went to Vance yesterday. They took care of me, as they always do. And um, I got a bunch of stuff. I didn't spend any money, but I got about $900 worth of stuff, which is crazy. What's that like? It's like getting $900 worth of stuff. Yeah. So who do you think, if you had to pick somebody out of the just massive field of people that can, can be in contention, who do you think is going to win? Do you think Rory's going to? The Masters? Yeah. Rory would be in the mix. Uh, Phil? Phil, if he's If he's fully healthy? Oh, definitely. But you know, one of the things I, I, I talk about when I, I we want to say Tiger, but Tiger's about to have surgery and he's out of the Masters, as we alluded to uh, earlier. He stuck at 14, and when I when I saw that, 
the 14 Masters, and he had tons of wins. How do I bet? There's two ways you do it, but how do I bet against Tiger Woods and not getting a Master this year? I'm not saying he won't get a Master again. I mean, a major, I'm sorry, a major this year. Well, he's going to miss one. He's going to miss the Master in Augusta. He's going to miss that. This is how you do it. The back spasms, you bet against him. You bet against him because the field is so tough. The field is the, not Phil Mickelson. The field is so tough with all those talented players. Um, another one is, you know, this guy, when, when is he going to bounce back from getting it made? When he's going to be in contention to do it again? And, and you can look at him if you're in a fifth and sixth, seventh spot. You are that's contentions when you're in major tournaments because a lot of guys choke up. We've seen Sergey do it many a times. But betting against that guy now, well, does he get a major this year? Hopefully this surgery will help because I think you said it was a pinch nerve. Mm-hmm. So he started with the back spasm, then we found out he had to he had to withdraw from the memorial. So it became a more of a pinch nerve and he wants to get that done. I don't know what the the time frame is that for him to get back out there, but it's going to take some time. It's going to look like he's having played, depending on how serious the situation, the surgery is. Yeah, I mean, at least he gets Torrey Pines, I think, in 2020. So that's, that's not for the U.S. Open. I mean, at least there'll be a course that he's used to again. I mean, there's... That's 2020. I, I understand. This year was tailor-made for for Tiger to win a major. Coming I think he he's won it every place that there is a major held this year. So if he can stay healthy, you know it's it's killing him to not play in the Masters. And that's his baby. That's every golfer's baby. This is would this would be his second or third time missing it. Second time missing it, the Masters. Second. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I, yeah, maybe. I mean, at most. So I mean, with with this deep field, I think that the Masters lends more towards people that have been there before. Until we'll take Adam Scott away last year. Yeah. But usually, Cabrera. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. That's right. Well, yeah. Cabrera had uh-huh. won it before. Yeah. So being able to get through Saturday. And being contention, it's it's something that only only people can do that have been there before, and it's it, I'm so excited to see what happens. As much as I like Tiger as a fan of Tiger Woods' golf game and the way he approaches his business as far as golf, if I had to bet against Tiger in the field, I take the field. It's too much too much talent out there. Yeah. Even though I'm so a, even though I'm a huge Tiger fan, we're gonna take tomorrow off and we're gonna come back Thursday and Friday. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lots of Sports Talk. Appreciate the work, Kevin, over there. Uh, we we'll see you guys in two days. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.